0: This is the Westwards podcast, a fortnightly production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. Western Sydney is located on the traditional lands of the Darragh, Gunungurra and Tharawal Nations, and we acknowledge and offer our respects to all Indigenous people and to their elders past, present and emerging. Opinions and views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Westwards Organisation. If you'd like to ask questions, offer feedback or simply learn more about what we do at Westwards, please visit westwards.com.au. All right, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Westwards podcast for today, Sunday the 27th of March 2022. My name is James Roy. I am your host. I am here to share with you a few uh, bits of news about what Westwards is up to and a couple of thoughts. And um, I am very pleased to be with you. I hope that you're staying safe. It started raining again, which is a bit of a worry because, oh man, we had the floods and then it sort of cleared up for a little while. We had those really humid days and now it's raining again. But of course, we're not underwater. Like some people have been, so we are very grateful for that. So, thank you for joining us uh, for making the effort to log on to our little podcast. We've got a couple of things to share with you some pretty exciting news and a few uh, tidbits. But first of all, we're going to do our usual thing, which is the quote of the day from someone whose birthday it is. Now, occasionally, as you will probably know, we Uh, have a quote from someone who died on this day or somebody who was central to a major event that occurred on this day. But today we are going with convention, we are going with birthday, and the person we are talking about is, and I won't give you a drum roll, but you can just imagine there is one in the background, we are talking about Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino, who is a very divisive character. A lot of people have an issue with Quentin Jerome Tarantino, who was born on this day in 1963, so he's 59 years old today, so uh, happy birthday Quentin Tarantino. He's a filmmaker, an actor, a film critic, an author, and his films uh, are characterised by non-linear storylines, I think anyone who's seen Pulp Fiction knows what we're talking about, dark humour, again Pulp Fiction, Stylized violence, again Pulp Fiction, extended dialogue, pervasive use of profanity, ensemble casts. References to popular culture, alternate history, and neo-noir. Some of the movies that he is known for um, are the who's who of controversial in many cases. We have movies like... Now, the, f- the first movie that really kind of put him on the, on the map, I suppose, was Reservoir Dogs. That was um, a terrific movie, although I know many people who have watched it and gone, no, I hated that film so much. But Reservoir Dogs, which... Um, for me, put uh, the song um, Stuck in the Middle, uh, raised that in my uh, my radar, and now I can't... And I, <laughs> I have played this many times in bands, and every time we do it, I just think of that poor guy strapped to the chair with um, with petrol being poured over his head and then a razor, razor coming out um, and directed towards his ear. So anyone who's seen that has cringed through that moment, I'm sure. But then he made Pulp Fiction, which was... That was a massive movie. It was a very successful film and it, was, it, it really uh, brought Tarantino to the attention of a lot of people mainstream. So, for example, people like, uh, people like Samuel L. Jackson. And um, he was already pretty big, but he became much bigger after this. Um, John Travolta, people like that. And there are so many iconic scenes in there that I, I won't go into all of them. Well, any of them, in fact. Uh, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, One and Two, Death Proof, Inglorious Bastards was an interesting one. Uh, that's a bit of an exploration of uh, it's an alternate history almost of a group of of Jewish uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for um, vigilantes I guess who go out in hunt in search of Adolf Hitler. I personally found this movie troubling for a number of reasons which we won't go into right now but a lot of people loved it Django Unchained is probably my favorite Tarantino film it's not perfect uh by no is, I suppose uh, but it is it's a pretty uh, pretty good watch The Hateful Eight The Hateful Eight for me as a musician really resonated because there is that that infamous story about the Martin guitar that that uh Jennifer Jason Lee smashes, no, she's sorry, she doesn't smash it. She, she is playing it, or I think, and uh, Kurt Russell comes in, grabs it, and smashes it against a wall. And the story that goes along with this is that the Martin Museum had loaned Quentin Tarantino a priceless early Martin guitar. This thing is an absolute was an absolute relic and they were supposed to switch it out before this mo- this scene where kurt russell smashes it against the wall and they didn't switch it out for a replica and he smashed the real thing and of course martin was not the martin company was not pleased and of course they uh, made it pretty clear that they would not be loaning instruments to anyone from their museum again. But by that stage, the damage had been done, and basically it's the world's most expensive jigsaw puzzle. It was never put back together. And it is kind of heartbreaking to watch when you know it's coming, and there is isn't a response from Jennifer Jason Leigh when it happens. And I think we can only imagine that she knew that this thing was meant to be swapped out for uh, the replica, and it wasn't. And so her response when the guitar is smashed against the... It's basically against a big pillar. Uh, She is horrified and shocked and gasps and I suspect it's a real gasp. Now, of course, being Quentin Tarantino, it's easy to make the case for that being a deliberate thing uh, to raise, uh, uh, to have an exciting story to tell around around the making of the film. Look, I don't know. I wouldn't put it past him, but I have no evidence that's the case. But regardless, this is a movie that, um, it was a, good, a, a really good film. It was a good ensemble film. Uh, but that moment really stuck with me. And then there was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I know a lot of people who went to see that thinking they were getting one thing and finding they found they got something very different and kind of hated it. I didn't hate it, I quite liked it. But there's nothing that Tarantino won't try on screen as far as I can tell. And he is a, he's through and through a director, he's through and through a writer, he's through and through a film lover. And I'm going to play you something now, and this is from The Jimmy Kimmel Show. It's taken from YouTube, but it's a clip from the Jimmy Kimmel channel, and uh, you can find it Jimmy Kimmel Live, you can type in uh, Tarantino VHS box description, because this is an audio of Quentin Tarantino guessing movies by only hearing the VHS box description. And at one point it sounds like he's really messed up and doesn't know what he's talking about, but he very quickly recovers and, realizes, and we realise that he does in fact know what he's talking about. So have a listen to this. This is Quentin Tarantino on The Jimmy Kimmel Show.
1: You obviously spent a lot of time with a lot of VHS tapes. I and we I thought did. it would be fun to give you a quiz. And what I would like to do is read the descriptions on the back of the VHS tape. Now, I promise you, Quentin has not said We've given him no indication. And I don't know how you're going to do this. This would be impossible to me. But here's <laughs> a, um, if you would mind putting on that blindfold. OK. I will read these aloud. And I will show them to I'm the audience. I'm messing
2: up my hair. you know how long I work? The- you know, I work on my hair. I work <laughs> on it all week <laughs> long. And you mess it up. And then, you know... You hit it. He hits me in
1: the house. <laughs> and you hit it. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right. First one. Three middle-aged daddies visit California to have a marvelous time at the beach when they learn that a nice apartment and an expensive cabriolet isn't enough for them to score with the chicks. They employ a student to help them. At first, he's as disgusted of them and his job as his girlfriend, but soon they find out how to use the situation to everyone's benefit.
2: Okay, three middle-aged daddies? Yeah, I think you know, I
1: don't know why they say daddies, because these guys aren't daddies, but I think daddies is meant in that hip kind of way.
2: Okay, uh- I've I don't know. I'm movie. gonna take I'm gonna take a guess. Student bodies? You're really close. The answer was: you wanna take a peek? Hard bodies. Oh. oh. Hard bodies. All right. Okay, okay, right. okay, okay, one. Okay. That completely threw me off daddies. They're like, they're not daddies at all. I'm thinking of Ted Danson or somebody like that, all right? Yeah. Okay. That movie stars gonna... a guy named Grant Kramer. And not only that, it stars a gal named Crystal Nadine Shaw, who was in my the first thing I ever did called uh, uh, my, best my Best Friend's Birthday. Oh, is this her on the phone? That was such a bad description. <laughs> all right, next one. Here we go.
1: Robbie and his four college classmates decide to move a board game into the local legendary cavern. Robbie starts having visions for real, and the line between reality and fantasy fuse into a harrowing adventure, and engrossing suspense. And if you need a little hint, I will give you one. OK, give me a hint. The star of this film went on to win two Academy Awards. Uh, I give up. The answer is, you want
2: to take a look? Tom Hanks in Mazes and Monsters. Oh, you okay. You know that yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, that was a TV movie. No, oh, was it? Yeah, it was a TV movie. Oh. Chris make is in it as well. Oh, he, <laughs> you're right. He is.
1: <laughs> he sure is. All right. Well, this is a good-looking cover. A freakish army experiment out of control terrorizes a resort town. An idyllic resort community has been ravaged by an unimaginable terror. Horribly mangled bodies are littering the countryside. The ensuing gruesome investigation leads a puzzled sheriff to the local university and to a fantastic, terrible secret. It seems the killers are a renegade horde of Rottweilers.
2: Oh, uh... <laughs> well, if you don't know it by then, I don't think you're going to get this one. Okay, uh, there's a, quite a few killer dog movies, all mm-hmm. right? But I'm going to say it's the Earl Ozenby film, Rottweiler. Take a look, it is Dogs, Dogs of, of Hell. Kelly, <laughs> let me see that one for a second. Yeah, you can have that. Now, uh, <laughs> who directed this? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm Nobody right. directed I'm right. it. Earl Ozenby. Oh, that was the Earl original Ozenby. Titles, the original title was <laughs> called Rottweiler. <laughs> That's the cheapy video title. That's the cheapy video title. Look at that. The Let's zoom in t-
1: on that. There you go. It was originally, oh, my It was originally God. called Wild
2: in 3D. Unbelievable. I was All right. All right, you want to do one more? Yes. All right. Wow. I, I have been deflated by this. Thank God I had a victory. Here
1: we go. It's Halloween Eve, and four college friends plot to kidnap the wife of a wealthy friend at a costume party. Their identities and motives masked behind clown costumes. The four soon slip from comedy into deadly seriousness. By night's end, what started out as a joke has become a terrifying nightmare. Wow. And one of the stars is one of the great comedy stars oh, from wow. the uh, 80s. And, oh, uh, from the 80s? Yes. In fact, he was on SCTV. John Candy? His name is John Candy.
2: Uh, and
1: his movie?
2: Uh, but that's got to be... Was he was it during the time he was famous? Or, uh, or is it an older film? Well,
1: uh, it does list Splash and SCTV as his credits, but it looks like he did this one before.
2: Yeah, that, that makes sense, actually. Mm-hmm. The Clown Murders. That is absolutely
0: <laughs> right! So this is uh, a man who clearly knows his movies and loves his movies very much, which brings me to the quote. So let's find the quotes for Quentin Tarantino, he said this, he said, when people ask me if I went to film school, I tell them, no, I went to films. He also said, I just grew up watching a lot of movies. I'm attracted to this genre and that genre, this type of story and that type of story. As I watch movies, I make some version of it in my head that isn't quite what I'm seeing, taking the things I like and mixing them with stuff I've never seen before. He also said, if you just love movies enough, you can make a good one. And he also said... To me, movies and music go hand in hand. When I'm writing a script, one of the first things I do is find the music I'm going to play for the opening sequence. Now, that last one is not entirely related to what I was going to chat about, but it, it is an interesting one, isn't it? I know that Catherine Jinks, who is somebody who has worked with us at Westwards and is a very fine writer. I've spoken about Catherine in the past. She lives in the Blue Mountains very fine writer for children, young adults and adults and she uses music very much as a soundtrack to her writing practice. Uh, and I I won't go into that much more than that because it is something that she workshops on and so forth. But it, it is a really interesting thing to do. But I want to talk more about the other two or the other three quotes. And that is really... I'll, actually, I'll add one more quote. I steal from every movie ever made. But really, what he's talking about here is knowing movies, being so invested in them and knowing them so well that uh, it's almost like second nature to make one and to take an idea and go, okay, I've seen this done before, but how can I do it better? And this is going to sound a little bit like a rant. I don't mean it to sound like a rant, but you know what? There are so many people who want to be writers, but just don't read. And I think that that is a massive mistake. It's very easy to go, well, you know, I don't want to copy what other people are doing but no one's ever suggesting that you should copy what they're doing but it's really important not just to know what's out there but also to have read widely enough that you can sense almost what you should be doing next in your in your writing i've done a lot of workshops with young people where i'll be talking about characters and how what the character what the character needs to be in your story is somebody who wants something and then you go out of your way to make it hard for them to achieve it. And the funny thing is that when you say that to young people, they get it immediately because while they might not have thought about it in those terms, they absolutely get it once you say it out loud because they already inherently know this. They know it from stories, they know it from movies or whatever. We all do. We all have had so many stories fed to us over the years in different in me, different media and genres that we do have a kind of inherent and internal understanding of how stories work so it, it stands to reason I think that the more you have read the more stories you have exposed yourself to the broader range of information you have to draw and the the if you like the broader range of uh, innate and instinctive, I suppose, is the word I'm looking for, instinctive writing skills that you can bring to the table, all from experience, all from being not an experienced writer necessarily, but certainly an experienced audience member. Because you can't, much as writing is something that we do for ourselves, at the same time, without an audience, what's the point really? And it's so important that you understand what is going to work for your audience. And the only way you can do that, I think, is by being A member of the audience yourself. So just as someone like Quentin Tarantino studies film and knows film inside out, I think all of us as writers really need to go and make a point of reading widely. I know I don't read as much as I probably should. We all have time that you know gets away from us in our busy lives, but invariably when you read something that you haven't read before in a different style or a different genre. Because that's the other thing too. Of course, if all you ever read is fantasy, well, that's that's fine so far as it goes. But there are so many other broad genres out there, and, and and interesting genres, and and kinds of books and kinds of stories to read. And maybe once in a while we need to immerse ourselves in something we wouldn't really read all that often. For example, if you, I remember a few years ago. I think I mentioned this before on the podcast. But a few years ago, I I was on holidays and I needed something to read, and I went down to the, uh, I was in Kayama I think, I went to the local news agents to find something to read, and there was a, because I'd forgotten to take any books with me, I left the bag at home, and I found a, a copy of Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton, and also a copy of Jaws by uh, Peter Benchley, and it was winter, so I knew I wasn't going to swim, going swimming, so <laughs> I figured it was safe to read Jaws, but I read these two books that I would not normally have read because I suppose I had some sort of snobbery towards them. Well, oh, they're just commercial fiction, and when I picked them up and started reading them, I simply couldn't stop. I was so hooked on these, and and I think that's not a bad thing to do occasionally. If if all you read is a particular genre or a particular style, maybe change it up and. Look at something that you wouldn't normally read like, a, you know, for example, a romance if you don't normally read romance, or a science fiction or a fantasy if that's not usually your thing. Expose yourself to some more uh, some more forms of writing and some, some different writers. And uh, once you've informed yourself in that way, I think you'll probably discover that there is a certain instinct that kicks in and really helps you refine your writing. So happy birthday, Quentin Tarantino. The other other thing, I mean, God, I know he's, he's 59 and all, but when do you have enough time in your life to watch as many movies as he must have watched? Anyway, that's what he does. So happy birthday to Quentin Tarantino and keep making those movies. We've got some very exciting news to share with you in just a moment. Before that, I want to welcome the new crop of Westwards Academians, the members of the Westwards Academy. We had our first uh, meeting today, or our first seminar, and uh, they were a lovely group of people. There's mm, 20-something of them. They all seem very nice. Some of them are uh, new people. Some of them are people who've worked with Westwards in the past. But to all of them, I would like to say, welcome. Now, you may have possibly missed the boat this year for the Academy, if that's what you're you're hoping to go and rectify right now, but by all means, you are not going to be left out of the things that WestWords does, because if you go to our website, westwords.com.au, you'll find all the programs and so forth that we are running. There's a lot of them, uh, but uh, let's get going with probably the most exciting news of all, and that's this. The WestWords Ultimo Prize has just been launched. This is a publishing prize through WestWords and Ultimo Press. And Ultimo Press is a relatively new press publishing house that is really about, uh, it's an independent, they're an independent publisher and they're really about discovering new voices. And the Westwards Ultimo Prize is a prize that aims to reveal the diversity of a contemporary Australia. And nowhere is this experience more uh, diverse than in Western Sydney, where 10% of Australia's population lives. And the prize, the Westsiders West Ultimo Press Prize, will be is welcoming submissions in the form of a completed, previously unpublished manuscript from emerging writers of fiction and narrative nonfiction who have a connection to Western Sydney. The writer themselves may have a connection with Western Sydney, either being being uh, having been born here, or working here, or spent some time here, or the actual work that they are submitting may be based in western sydney or be about western sydney the winner receives five thousand dollars in prize money a publication deal with ultimo press and a week at varuna the national writers house we do a a a yearly week-long residency through varuna in partnership with varuna and this coming year we are going to keep one of those spots aside for the successful person Who wins the Westwards Ultimo Prize? Entry is completely free. That's always good. And the entries are open now and they close on the 16th of May. So that's not far away. It's far enough away that you can uh, tie. It's probably (laughs) probably too far or, or too soon to maybe start writing something for it. But if you've got something that's close to completion or something that you are considering uh sending to a publisher at some point or you might have sent it in the past and it hasn't been picked up and you'd like to have a bit of a play a bit of a uh, bit of a tinker with it a bit of do some panel beating on it or maybe just send it the way it is but it would be terrific to see as many people as possible submit to this prize this is uh, very exciting it's going to make someone's life very different uh it's an exciting thing to get your get a novel published, and it may not be their first novel. Anyone who can, we can specify what emerging means in the guidelines, but it, it isn't for an unpublished writer, it's for an unpublished manuscript. So once again, emerging writers, fiction, narrative, non-fiction, with a connection to Western Sydney or with a book that has a connection to Western Sydney, $5,000 prize money, a week at Varuna, and a publication deal with Ultimo Press. So get on that. The other exciting thing that is happening very soon is the Living Stories Western Sydney Writing Prize for 2022. This happened last year and it was a big success. We went out to 13 LGAs around Western Sydney. This year we've got the, all 13 LGAs plus Windja Caribbean, which is uh, Bowerl, um and in the Southern Highlands. And so once again, it's got uh, a number of categories sorted out by age. And once again, there will be workshops presented for free at pretty much all of the library services around Western Sydney. And by that, we're talking about Canterbury-Bankstown, Blacktown, Campbelltown, Hawkesbury, Liverpool, Parramatta, Penrith, Cumberland, Winter Carribee, Camden, the Hills, and the Blue Mountains. And some of these have uh, are going to have workshops in different campuses of their libraries. Others are going to have them all in the same place, but there are going to be workshops for free with published writers. We choose our writers very carefully to present for these things and uh, because they're free, they're going to go, the spots are going to go very quickly, but these are really just a way to get in the room with somebody who is an accomplished writer and glean something from them that you can use when you go back to write the piece that you submit to the prize. Now, actually, you may not even submit for the prize, but you know what? If you're going to go away and write something, you might as well. So for people who live in Western Sydney, uh, the theme for this year is things unsaid. Things unsaid. What does that mean? I don't know. Well, I've got an idea, but I'm not going to tell you because it's not my story that I'm writing, that you're writing. You'll be writing your own story, but that's the theme, things unsaid. So have a bit of a think about what that might mean. We don't like to get too prescriptive. We like to keep it reasonably open-ended so that writers have a lot of leeway to write about what they want to write about in the way they want to write it. So there is poetry and, and, and prose are both covered in this. So go to the guidelines at, well, your, your local library in Western Sydney will have the details, but you can also go to www.westwords.com.au and check out the link and that will have all of the libraries involved and when all the workshops are but please you got to get in early because there is most library services have only got one for each age group and I think they're probably capped at about 20 so you're going to have to move fast if you want to get in there but it's certainly worth getting in there for. A couple of other things very quickly Sydney Writers Festival the program for that has come out. You can go to, actually I don't have the link right in front of me, but it's the Australian, if you Google Sydney Writers Festival, you'll find it. And Westwards is collaborating with two events. First, the Auburn Poets and Writers, which is an organisation that uh, is under the Westwards umbrella. They're making their 16th appearance at the Sydney Writers Festival, and they'll be staging their multimedia, multilingual performance shadows and reflections in our theatre space at Westwards, which is at 41 Hunter Street, Parramatta. And that's happening on Tuesday the 17th of May at 7.30pm. Tickets are, tickets are $10 but you do need to make bookings and they're $10 at the door. The other thing that we are partnering with the Sydney Writers Festival on is an event where Michael Campbell, our Executive Director, is going to be talking to Simone King, Meredith Watterson and Mark Tradinick, who are three of the shortlisted poets of the Blake Poetry Prize. Now, the announcement did come down today that the winner of said Poetry Prize is Simone King and her poem, Surfing Again, uh, was the winner of the Blake Poetry Prize, which is a prize that is really basically uh, exploring the idea of spirituality and spiritual life. And her poem, Surfing Again, was the winner. So congratulations to Simone. Now, the event that I'm talking about is going to be held at the Casula Powerhouse amongst the exhibition of the winners of the Blake Art Prize, and the date for that is the 21st of May. So go to the Sydney Writers' Festival, swf.org.au, and you can find the details there on how to to book. But congratulations to Simone and to all the shortlisted poets. Uh, That's great news, and uh, we look forward to seeing you at these events. Don't forget too that the clubhouse is still in action with Mick Elliott. We also have our usual reading on our website and on our YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and type in Westwards Official as the, uh, in the in the search bar, you'll find our channel. There is Draw This with Max Hamilton, where she draws something for young people. She's a children's illustrator. You can find that. There's also a trailer for the uh, the web the February 22 sampler for the Poetry Slam and lots of other things. So go to our website, westwords.com.au and check it out. That's all we have time for today. So thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you will go and have a look at what we have to offer. If you have anything that you really feel like we can help you with as a, as a writer or as a storyteller or as a uh, a creative person at all, please give us a call. 1-800-WESTWORDS is the phone number or you can e- email us at admin at or, you know, if you happen to be wandering past 41 Hunter Street in Parramatta, the, the light, nice red brick building, the old Presbyterian manse on the corner, come and knock on the door, say hi. There'll be somebody there most days and we'd love to say hi and we can even show you around a little bit perhaps. So thank you once again. I'll be back in a week with another mini masterclass. But in the meantime, as we always say, happy creating.